0: You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Well, Welcome to the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We are glad that you are joining us for another episode. If this is your first time listening, we did encourage you to come on in and stay a while. And if you like what you hear, we'd encourage you to uh, subscribe and download our content on a regular basis. We try to release episodes um, every week um, on Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so if you hit that subscribe button, uh, that will allow those episodes to come directly to your mobile device and you'll get those each week as we're releasing those. Also encourage to go over to our social media pages uh, we're on Facebook right now as our primary outlet and there you can like and follow the organization. Uh, We post our videos or episodes there each uh, week. And so you can go there and comment and share uh, that with uh, your friends so that they can hear what we're talking about here on the Bonefire Podcast. And as always, we need you to use your word of mouth to tell other people about what we're doing here. We'd love to see um, our reach and our outreach grow and be able to, to touch more people and more have more listeners uh, listening in and studying God's Word on a regular basis. So uh, if you would, please tell someone, maybe it's a friend, a family member, or someone that you work with um, that you're listening to the Bonfire Podcast. That would greatly help us. We would greatly appreciate that. Well, uh, I want to say happy 4th of July to everyone. Yes, this is our 4th of July special. This episode will be releasing on Sunday, the 4th of July. And and so we we missed an episode last week. We were just finishing up our ser- series with Joyce Always Dad. And so uh, sometimes as we come out of those series, we almost need a little bit of a break to try and figure out where we're going next. And so uh, no episode last week, but this is our, our first episode back, first episode for the month of July. And it just so happens that it's falling on the 4th of July. Now, I must say that I love my country and I am so thankful for the freedom that we have as citizens in this great nation. And I believe this is the greatest nation in the world. And, uh, you know, I know that this uh, nation and the freedom that we have and the independence we have, it didn't come easy. It didn't come cheap. And so I'm grateful for all the men and women who fought and served and those who are fighting and serving even today. And uh, that, that we might have freedom in this land. And I, and I just want to thank you, all of you uh, who serve in the military and armed forces. Um, you know, Dad, I think we've got some folks that maybe be listening abroad at military bases. And so if you were uh, active duty or even in active duty, we just want to say thank you for your service. And uh, we really appreciate what you've done to keep our, our country safe and to keep us free, uh, to be the freest country in the world. And so, I uh, just want to appreciate all of you for the sacrifice you make um, each and every time you go uh, out and, and serve. Dad, I know you feel the same. Uh, your feelings about the country?
1: Oh yeah, I love America, and I am glad to live in the United States of America. And even with all of our problems in America, I would not want to live anywhere else. Yeah, I'm glad that we still have religious freedom. I hope we can hold on to that religious freedom. Yep. Um. You know, this coming Sunday will be the 4th of July when this podcast airs. It will be on the 4th. That's right. And we know that day, of course, it'll be on Sunday. We'll be singing patriotic songs. We'll be celebrating. Uh, Independence Day is commonly celebrated with the three Fs, food, fireworks, and friends. American flags are going to be out waving. Uh, But, you know, I I have to be honest, Matt, Uh, even though I'm appreciative of our military, I thank God for them. I thank God for the country that I live in. I'm just not in that big of a celebratory mood this year because of, of what's happened in America.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, between the barbecue and the, the hot dogs and the fireworks as we celebrate uh, this year, I think we're 245 years old as a nation. Uh, my heart is heavy for, for my country, you know, this land that I love. Um, Because it seems like we're in a full-blown state of distress. Right. And uh, you kind of have to be living under a rock not to notice. Um, You know, if you're on any type of social media or just watch the evening news, uh, you can see the turmoil that's currently going on in our country. And, you know, we're divided on every issue. Even the smallest thing seems to polarize us. And uh, some have said that we are the divided states of America, mm-hmm. not the United States of America. And it certainly feels like that sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, as um, the the sad thing is that the, there seems to be apparent forces at play that really want to see America brought down to her knees and completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. And the worst of it all, uh, in my opinion, and I think you would agree with me here, is that our country as a whole, has really turned um, its back on God, rejecting the very principles that made this country what it is today. That's right. You know, I know some are, uh, some that maybe uh, view these issues different than we. They're very quick to say, well, you know, this is not a, a Christian uh, organization or a Christian country. And uh, it was not founded as a Christian country. And while I agree with that to some respect, you know, this was uh, we were founded as a free country where religious freedom, that being religion of any kind, was accepted. Uh, we were we were based uh, and we were founded on Christian principles. Um, our forefathers they had uh, the basic Christian principles in mind. They had a love for God and a respect for the Holy Word when they drafted some of uh, you know our original documents that talked about the foundation of our our country and, and I was kind of looking as I was preparing for what we we're talking about today and I, I kind of went back and was trying to remind myself of of how our country got started and you know our christian heritage goes all the way back to 1620 when the pilgrims boarded the mayflower and i found it interesting as you know many times we say that the pilgrims boarded the mayflower because they were in search of religious uh, freedom and that's technically not the case the the pilgrims had actually found religious freedom they were over in holland uh, but what they were trying to do is they were trying to get away from the worldliness um, of the time, and they wanted to move somewhere, and they wanted to start the ideal Christian commonwealth in a new land. And so they were coming to the very land that we're standing on right now with the goal of creating a Christian country, mm-hmm. uh, one that would be free of secularism. And and so they were separatists. They were trying to get away from from the things of this world. And so right. – you know, but as I think about it, Dad, uh, here in 2021, America is far from an ideal Christian commonwealth.
1: You know, I was uh, listening to you talk about how our country was founded upon, you know, the freedom of religion, but particularly the Christian religion. Yeah. Because uh, areas of the new world, uh, our new nation that wanted to get together and petition for statehood. In the early years of our country to petition for statehood, they had to teach the Bible in the school. Yeah, exactly. And now we've taken the Bible out of the school. Exactly, yeah.
0: And when we wrote, like, the Declaration of Independence, you know, it talks about endowed by our creator, and, and that creator is the God. And you say, well, which God is that? Well, it's the one true God, it's the God of the Bible. Right. Uh, that's who they were referring to. And so this was definitely founded on Christian principles. And, and again, while it was not exclusively a Christian nation, uh, it's woven into the very fabric of who we are, uh, and we just kind of walked away from that. As I think about America today, Dad, um, and just kind of putting into uh, a sentence of how I would ex- describe it, I wrote down, uh, America, the America of 2021 is woke but spiritually broke. Oh, that's right. Woke but spiritually broke. You know, um, I think that we as Christians, sometimes though, we get um, a, a little bit caught up in the things of this world. and we begin to look at the issues that are facing our country as solely uh, differences in political ideology, you know issues of left versus right or uh, Democrat versus Republican or liberalism versus conservatism. You know, but I firmly believe that these issues that are really facing our country are are issues of the heart and they're in spiritual and nature. Mm-hmm. And the chaos and the wickedness that we see playing out before our very eyes each and every day as we turn on our, our evening news uh, is really springing up as a result of spiritual brokenness. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it really shouldn't be any surprise to us because um, our Bible tells us that. There would be perilous times, that's and right. uh, the scripture I wanted us to look at today, as we kind of kick things off, and uh, we're kind of this will be a different episode for us. We're going to be kind of more conversation discussion style. But that's right. Um, the, the scripture that came to my mind is uh, is Second Timothy chapter three verses one through five, and uh, in my Bible it's under the heading perilous times and perilous men. And so listen to this. It says, "But know this that in the last days perilous times will come." And from such people turn away. And so, Dad, I, I, just, I just read that list there. I would, I'd, I'd ask all of our listeners, tell me that doesn't describe a lot of what's going on today. It seems like it fits a lot of what we're seeing today kind of to a T. That's right. Um, and so this activity that we're seeing of of just seeing just chaos and right is wrong and and wrong is right uh, is, is something that I guess we should expect to happen as we draw near to the return of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible tells us that, but... Um, You know, America is is woke, but I still say that we're, you know, we're very spiritually broke. And that's something that we need to to, to get through. The term woke, I've used it a couple of times now, Dad. I I think probably all of our listeners know that term. Um, It seems to be used constantly today in in media. Uh, But the term refers to someone who has woken up to social uh, injustices. And its original use was primarily referred to as racism. Uh, but now there's a whole host of perceived injustices that bear uh, that woke banner. And so, um, you know, I, I, like some other people, like to use the term wokeism because I believe that many that describe this ideology do so in, with such devout fervor as to that of a religion. Even to the point of calling for this wokeism to be integrated into our public school curriculum. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's amazing to me, Dad, you talked about we took the Bible out of school, we took, we basically barred God from, from being in our schoolhouses. Mm-hmm. But now there's cause to put wokeism uh, in the schools. It just is mind boggling to me. So I thought, uh, you know, as we are here on 4th of July, what would be good is for maybe for us to kind of talk about some of these uh, wokeism things that are happening in our country. And, uh, you know, we make a I don't bring no. I don't know if we'll bring anything that's new to the table that our listeners haven't heard, but at least we can talk about some of the things that are going on and provide a Christian worldview to that, and and really how we should respond as Christians and how that's the right. church should respond. And so, I, I figured that would be a good place for us to to go today. What do you think?
1: I think, so. I think
0: so. Well, as I as I think about this wokeism, uh, one of the things that that comes to mind. There's there's several things that seem to be at play right now, and the first thing in wokeism that seems to be very prevalent in our times right now is the desire or the intent to rewrite history. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the the social justice warriors um, are calling for us to really dramatically and radically change the view. Uh, of America and what we believe is American history. Mm-hmm. And probably the most notable thing of that, Dad, is the 1619 Project. I know you know that. You talked about that this past Sunday in your sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to the, the 1619 website today and just was trying to educate myself a little bit more about this. And I took this directly from their official website. Um, it says that the 1619 Project is an ongoing initiative by the New York Times Magazine, that began in August of 2019, the 400th anniversary of the beginning of American slavery. Now, listen to this: It aims to reframe the country's history, A.K.A. rewrite history, by placing the consequences of slavery and the contribution contributions of Black Americans at the very center of our national narrative. And so right there on the very front page, the first paragraph, kind of, they show their cards, if you will, and say that their goal is to, in their words, reframe, and I state it as rewrite American history. And, uh, you know, one of the, the big things that uh, the, the 1619 Project is doing is, is pushing the idea that the evils of slavery and the inherent racism associated with it are so deeply uh, grounded in our founding that America should not be celebrated, but it should be replaced altogether. And that we should be torn down and and that our country shouldn't exist as it currently is. And then the project goes as far as to say that the sole purpose for the American Revolution was a war fought to defend our right to slavery, not for freedom. From England, And so I found it interesting, Dad, as I was reading through this and trying to educate myself on the 1619 Project, that there have been historians, um, many of them, and some of them come from those ivory towers of, of education, uh, those that would not be conservative uh, in nature, those that are more left-leaning. Leaning. And even some of them have come out and spoke out against this and said, you know, this is a little bit much. You know, yes, we have uh, some dark past in our country because it's a true thing that, that slavery was here in the United States, but it was also elsewhere in the world uh, and was accepted practice for a millennia before that. Um, but it's, it is something that uh, is not the case that, that this country was founded on slavery. And to say that the Civil – or sorry, the, uh, the Revolutionary War was, was a war to, to guarantee our right to slavery is just completely asinine. Um, In fact, most of the the colonists at the time, uh, they disagreed with slavery and they were were uh, were pulling for us not to have slavery in our country, even though it was here.
1: That's exactly right. You know, the 1619 Project sees America as an inherently racist country that cannot overcome its flaws. But I want you to know that's exactly what America has done. We have come a long way in overcoming our flaws of racism. Now, you know. I consider you and I to be educated men. We've Mm -hmm. been to college and, uh, you know, on to graduate school uh, uh, today, there are plenty of people that maybe not have attained that much level of education, but there are inherently brilliant people out in the world, and they know, we all know that our country had racism in it especially uh prior to the civil war and after the civil war during yeah. reconstruction but america has fought to overcome its past uh, today america is the most successful multi-racial country in history the only white majority country that has elected a black president twice mm-hmm. to compare american attitudes about race today What the 1619 Project is trying to do to America 100 years ago, let alone 1619, is absurd. Did you know that Two million black Africans have come to America as legal immigrants from countries like Nigeria in the last 50 years and have become one of the most successful groups in the country. Why did they move here? It wasn't because America is an evil or racist country, it was because they know that America is a land of opportunity for everyone. And so, of course, we need to stand against the 1619 Project. It colors everything in America by race. And that is not so. And even uh, many states way prior to the Civil War had already done away with slavery. And it was just barely hanging on in some states. And, you know, people talk about reparations today. And it just upsets me because we have made reparations and the blood of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of men that fought in that civil war, North and South, that war was over slavery primarily. I mean, yeah. people can say it was states right. Yeah, it was states' rights to own slaves. Yeah. But it was over slavery. And and the the blood of white men was shed on the battlefield, some black men and women too, but white men by the thousands. America has certainly paid for its sins and we have been doing our our best to overcome uh, any racism in the past. But let me tell you something America was not founded uh, upon slavery. It was founded upon freedom. People say that that uh you know blame the the west for slavery. The west did not invent slavery. No. The west the Christian West has done more to uh, prevent and overcome slavery than any time in any other place in history in the last few hundred years. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. And you know, so the 1619 project I think is is uh, obviously dangerous because it's again trying to rewrite our history. The other thing that it does is it it tries to push the idea that um, that as 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 people who are white or Caucasian that they are. Um, Inherently racist. And we're going to talk about that a a little bit more in in the critical race theory that's also coming out right now. But under this topic of uh, rebuilding or or rewriting history, there's a couple of things that came to my mind, Dad. And and most of our listeners will remember this. Think about last year, uh, you know, in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, we had the uh, the the tragic death of George Floyd, um, who was you know killed by a police officer, and that ignited what was called the summer of love uh, by media outlets. I'm not sure why they deemed it the summer of love because it was the summer of uh, just violence and and anarchy, really. Um, as uh, we saw monuments all throughout our country just be torn down. Now, mm-hmm. many of those monuments were Confederate monuments, um, and that they were. You know, there uh, with prominent people who were Confederate soldiers, Uh, but some of them were, you know, like Christopher Columbus, right? The supposedly the uh, one of the first that made it to this new land um, to to identify this, and um, and then even our founding fathers. Uh, Everyone was cast under this this vision of of racism, and and that we were evil, and that that was an evil intent from the start of our country. And uh, so we just saw all these statues being toppled uh, and even defaced. And even there's um, still an effort to do that even today. Um, But the the kind of the behind that is just an attempt to really whitewash and to clean out history. And I love the saying, and I, I don't know who originally said it, but you know the saying is if if we don't know history, we're, we're destined to repeat it. Exactly and so right. although we've got very tough things in our history, we've got things that I, I am not proud of and, I, and you're not proud of, and I don't think any of our listeners are proud of, it's still our history. Um, it's still, you know, scars and, and things that we've been through as a country. And uh, while it, not, it may not be pretty, uh, we definitely need to understand them. We need to know them and we need to learn from them so that we don't you know do that again. Right. And so I just see that as another effort to kind of change and rewrite history and change the the narrative of, of what happened um, during those times. The other thing I thought about that is uh, and this one's been going on for quite some time is the war on Thanksgiving. You know, I talked about the Pilgrims and and their journey over here um, on the the Mayflower mm-hmm. and um in recent years, you know, when every year it comes around November Thanksgiving time, which I don't think it's any uh, secret that that's my favorite holiday. Um, it's it's like Christmas without the pre- without the uh, stress of presents. You get food and family, and so. Uh, but every year around November, as we get close to Thanksgiving, you automatically begin to, to see all these articles pop up and news uh, releases about how the Pilgrims were evil people, right? And that they uh, they were money hungry and they came here uh, with the sole purpose of to uh, kill the native. Uh, people and just exploit the land. And and that's not the truth. Uh, that's not the, the reason why they came. And you can actually go back and read William Bradford, who was the, the captain of the ship that brought the, the Mayflower over and, and his writings and the other uh, Puritans that were on the ship. Now, there were non-Puritans on the ship. But the Puritans on the ship that were there, and the Pilgrims that were traveling, their goal was again to set up that Christian ideal society, and they wanted to come and be evangelists to the natives here.
1: And many but, of them were.
0: And many of them were. Uh, and so the goal was to, uh, from this group, was to come here to set up that Christian society and to bring the gospel to this new world. And so um, that's the, the the truth about the Pilgrims. Now, yes, there are things that happen after that, and there's uh, you know grievances that happen to the Native Americans. Uh, that again part of our history, but uh, I just see that people try to change that connotation of what uh, the pilgrims were here for, what our history was about, how we were founded, uh, all to undermine uh, that this was a, is really a, a nation that was based on Christianity, and uh, everyone's trying to, their hardest to run away from that fact.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly
0: right. Well, Dad, the the other thing um, as we move on here, so we've talked about uh, in wokeism, the goal is is to rewrite history. Um, Another thing that seems to be very prevalent at this time is a critical race theory. And uh, you know, last year when uh, the again murder of George Floyd occurred, uh, we saw the the Black Lives Matter movement occur. And uh, Black Lives Matter uh, began to, to push uh, out into the cities. And and the organization in and of itself, um, I believe, is, is, is not a good organization. I believe strongly that people of color matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the organization itself is, is just uh, inappropriately set up, and their their mission is actually to tear down America. And so as part of this kind of Black Lives Matter, critical race theory, and even the 1619 Project, we see that this race issue just continues to come up. And uh, in critical race theory, it's the continuation of kind of what we talked about in the 1619 Project is that inherently um, all uh, people uh, who are white um, are inherently racist. Mm -hmm. And because we live in a uh, a white-dominated society, that every facet of our culture, even our legal system, our laws, um, our entire process is inherently racist.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just a hard pill to swallow. I, I don't see that being the case. Right. The critical race theory uh, is an academic study that shows how racism is systemic. Now, we've heard that word systemic repeatedly on television. A lot of people don't know what it means. Systemic means affecting all parts of something. Like you said, this means every part of our country Critical race theory makes race the primary lens through which people see the world. It creates animosity between whites and blacks and suggests that white people should feel guilty over their skin color. And like you mentioned, it goes hand in hand with uh, what is called the 1619 Project. You know, I I saw a little cartoon on Facebook the other day, and I copied it. And here it is, son. You'll see it right there. Oh, yeah. It's... uh, some uh, boys sitting in class, one little boy's got his math book out in front of him, and the teacher is writing on the chalkboard the words critical race theory. And one little boy says to the teacher, you said we were going to learn division today. We are <laughs> critical race theory. <laughs> race theory. That true. was the division, folks. And, uh, and it divides our country. Listen, uh, so much has been done in in the last 60 years uh, to unite the different races did you know i'm 61 and in 1966 that was the year lancaster county south carolina uh integrated the public school system there was you know black schools and white schools and they began to integrate now in the the uh the 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 later years of high school, 10th, 11th, 12th, not very many black students entered because they were doing that gradually. But in the first grade, where I was in the first grade 1966, we were fully integrated. And so I went to school from the time I was in the first grade uh, to a fully integrated school. And you say, what about kindergarten? Well, they didn't have kindergarten back then, 1965, or at least not where we were. Or people, parents didn't consider about sending their kids to it. And so, you know, we learned to to play together on the same sports team to eat in the cafeteria together we we were friends and we rode the bus together we Uh, We had some of my best friends, uh, good friends, were were black students. Mm -hmm. And so here I am, a 61-year-old, I didn't grow up in that era of racism that perhaps people in their 80s and 90s that might still be living did. Certainly, I have seen a lot of changes in my time, and it has absolutely gotten
0: better. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. And, you know, um, my uh, upbringing, which you you know very well is my my father. So uh, when we lived in Chester, that was a a largely or higher percentage of black uh, individuals that live in that area. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to school, um, there was many times in the classroom, I was the minority as, as, as a white kid and mm-hmm. there would be more black kids, uh, than there were white kids. And, you know, I never thought anything about it, you know, about uh, someone's color. It, it didn't matter to me. You know, wow. it was, we went to the same classes. We, we, like you said, ate at the same cafeteria. We played the same sports. We went to the same playground and, um, you know, it's just something that just doesn't occur. And, and particularly in, in children, you know, children don't see color. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, that's just something that doesn't occur to them. But this critical race theory is is purposely being tried to put into our school systems. And you've, if you've been watching the news lately, you've seen the kind of the, the uprising that the parents are having against this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just uh, white parents who are coming out against this. There's plenty of black people that are coming out against this as well and saying, this is not right. This is trying to divide us and put us in two different categories. And we are all part of the human race. we're all God's children and we are the same and we it doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, or white. we should all be treated the same. And so uh, it's just uh, it's sad to see this push the way it is today.
1: Uh, you know, being 61 years old, I, I was a child uh, when Martin Luther King, you know, led peaceful protest, you know, and there were, you know, yes, there were some things that happened that were wrong during that time. And, and, uh, but nothing like what we saw in 2020 with the burning down of buildings in in many black communities, them burning down their communities and their stores and stuff like that. It was terrible what we saw last year. Martin Luther King was a black Baptist minister. He was a Christian man and he would certainly, if he were alive today, uh, he would not be pleased with what he sees going on in America sure. because his idea was to not uh, make uh, black people better than white people or certainly white people better than black people. His idea was that we all come together and live together as one family in one unit in one nation. Sure, and And the ideals, yes, it was terrible. He was assassinated. He probably would have been the president you yep. know, uh, had he not been assassinated, he was assassinated, but Martin Luther King stood for high ideals and, and what he believed in was not what we're seeing today. Correct. I mean, he
0: said, right. That he wanted to see people uh, judge by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And what's amazing to me is that critical race theory technically does the opposite of that, you know, and, and it really seems to undo a lot of the, the, um, Uh, civil rights activism that Martin Luther King was able to get through. Uh, And get past and and really get us to the point where we are today um, just seems to be taking a step in the wrong direction, uh, critical race theory. And so um, that's another thing that we see happening in this wokeism is that there's this uh, hyper uh, focus or hypersensitization on race. And um, and as part of that, trying to rewrite or recreate some of the the historical narratives of our country uh, to really paint us as a a racist country and then also to to really uh, pit black people against white people. And uh, you know that's not what we need. We need unity. We need uh, black and white, uh, brown and yellow, uh, all of us to come together and to to be you know one nation, and and ultimately to be you know one one family as as we are again children of God that we all should be serving.
1: You know, it's been uh, probably 30 years ago, there was a a song you know, the world is black, the world is white, and the song was comparing the world to the keys on the piano and how they exist together in harmony, you know, and that's what we've got to get back to. And there's been more disharmony in the last four to five years than than the 30 years prior to that, you know, and... You know, speaking as a white person myself, I love my, my black Christian brothers and sisters and I know plenty of them love me. We've got to get it together and we don't need to be doing things that's divisive anymore in our country. Yep. But uh, you know, where's the leadership in our country? Yeah. Where's yeah. it at? Yeah, very true.
0: Yeah. Very true. So we've talked about the rewrite of history. We've talked about the kind of hyper focusization on, on race uh, with uh, Black Lives Matter and critical race theory. The the next thing that we see uh, that this part of this wokeism is a, a hyper-focus on gender and sexuality. And, uh, you know, Dad, we're now in July, um, so we've made it through what's been deemed as Pride Month and – Um, I don't know about you, but I feel like this Pride Month, this past June, uh, probably was the most uh, busy or out. Front uh, Pride Month that I've ever seen, right? Um, you know, in in recent history, and so um, it, it's amazing how sexuality and sexual orientation and gender has become at the forefront of what we're doing. We no longer is it appropriate for us to to say that there's just two sexes that there's male and female the way that God presented it in the Bible. We see male and female uh, in the very first book of the Bible. It says God created the male and female, um, but no longer is that appropriate. Uh, that we can have that binary system of of one versus the other, Dad. As I was looking today, I ran across that right now, as of today, there are seventy two genders listed in Facebook. Mm-hmm. So when you go into create your 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 profile, you're able to identify your name, your last name, and then your sex. Seventy two different genders uh, in, in that system. And so what type of mess have we gotten in where we, we no longer are looking at the way that we're created in God's image as male and female and that we've distorted that? It's just amazing.
1: Hey, just think about how long the, uh, a job application form is going to be now. Yes. There's 72 genders. Exactly. You know? it's, exactly. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's you know, crazy. The, the the other thing that I, that I
0: see happening here is you know this push for gender and uh, gender neutrality, and even uh, getting kids to make the decision of what gender they are, is just being pushed heavily. Um, and I think some of our listeners would find it interesting to know that in the New York, or sorry, the Washington Post, uh, this article ran um, about two weeks ago. It was entitled "Social Justice for Toddlers," and um, the uh, post was about all the things that are, are being put in place so that we can begin to work with our toddlers that being uh, children as young as two, um, and, and the article said that the, the goal of these programs were to dismantle biased in kids as, again, as uh, young as the age of two years of of age. And uh, that bias that they're talking about is binary gender bias. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, from a, a two years of age trying to teach kids that there's not just male and female and you're able to decide what you are. Um, and that is just crazy to me. It doesn't make sense to me that, you know, our identity and our sex is, is a God given. We were designed this way. And uh, it, this is a, a direct um, just rejection of God's design uh, for his people.
1: You know, uh, this is totally of Satan, this, this which is happening yeah. in our country. And I, I thought about uh, all those companies that have come out in support of lgbtq plus yeah. and remember i had to ask you what's the plus stand for and it yeah. stands for a lot of things
0: yeah there's a laundry list of letters there and most of which you really don't want to know what they are because that's uh, right they get pretty grotesque
1: and uh, and what i found at some of the corporations that have come out and taken a public stand and you might need to know this when you go shopping is ralph lauren adidas reebok abercrombie and finch of course, Disney. I just wondered this year if Cinderella's Castle was in rainbow colors, you know, yep. in the evening. A uh, Gap, Fossil, Under Armour. Now, I, I am giving you the names of companies that, uh, you know, their primary product is geared towards young people. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you the last time I've been in a Gap or a Fossil store or a Abercrombie & Finch, you know. Others, Nordstrom at Kellogg's, you know, they're together with pride cereal. I saw that last week and I just could not believe it. And, you know, here I am old guy and uh, I, I'm looking for brand flakes or, or particularly uh or something that's healthy, you know, for your cholesterol. And I'm only five foot seven and they put it on the top shelf. Uh, at walmart listen if you work for walmart uh, listen to a guy short guy hey don't put that on the shelf you know i have to climb climb that thing to get them but there it was together with pride uh, with tony the tiger and and all that all the, the little characters for Kellogg's up on the cover of that in in eye view of children. Now, what has happened in our country when hundreds of corporations boldly stand for that which is against God's word? Have we forgotten that God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah in part for their rampant sexual perversions? Ezekiel 16, 49, and 50 says, Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. The Hebrew word translated detestable refers to something that is morally disgusting, and that is the exact same word used in Leviticus eighteen twenty two that refers to homosexuality as an abomination. Similarly, Jude 7 declares Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. And today, from what we see happening in our country with this push for the social acceptance of what God calls as wrong, we as a country are fast becoming a modern-day version of Sodom and Gomorrah. And what we've seen uh, so far in our country is nothing compared to the plans that uh, our wicked leadership in this country has for our country.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And so, Dad, you, you, you've uh, kind of already started talking about the, the LGTBQ uh, plus uh, movement that's going on here. Um, you know, it starts with just questioning, having our children question their gender, um, and then it moves into sexual orientation, and, and then uh, just the – diversion from you know what God intended to be the normal uh, sexual uh, uh, use uh, for male and female to come together for reproduction—it's um, it's just amazing to me. And and you you make a good point, Dad, that uh, many times we uh, you know sometimes we may say to ourselves, well, "How in the world is is this happening? It's so bad." Um, but it's good to know that. Uh, know if it's good to know or comforting to know, but this is something that's not new. Um, you know, it's been around, uh, and, and obviously you you referenced there, Sodom and Gomorrah was in a, a state similar to this, uh, but I do find it just uh, troubling how uh public this has become and how it's being pushed as um, a normal activity and that it's being pushed that you can't uh, be against it um, and that you can't uh, take a stand and say that it's wrong and, and are really willing to shutting down anybody who, who has an alternate view. One of the things that's uh, currently sitting in Congress um, is the Equality Act. And, uh, Dad, I know you have some stuff on the the Equality Act, but that particular act is very, very dangerous. Um, And uh, it's really uh, coming forth to really put the clamps down and the screws down so that uh, homosexuality has to be accepted by everyone, regardless of whether you believe in it or not.
1: That's right. If the Equality Act ever becomes law, It would amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to include sexual orientation and gender identity. And so far, the United States Senate has not taken up this piece of legislation to vote on. It was passed to them uh, by the House of Representatives under Nancy Pelosi that passed it. But a vote from the Senate could come soon. I hope it doesn't. I hope they just ignore it. But if it passes the Senate, it is certain to be signed by the president and become the law of the land. And this is the most dangerous piece of legislation to ever come out of Washington. If it passes, it will radically change America as we know it. Here are just some of the things that that will happen, will happen, with its passage into law it would sanction abortions and remove pro-life protections that have been placed on abortions in conservative states such as south carolina and many others introduce sexually explicit content in school curriculum across the nation Uh, pressure struggling children toward experimental cross-sex hormones and surgery, allow males to overpower girls in athletics, allow males to enter girls' locker rooms and women's shelters, close the doors of faith-based foster and adoption agencies, deny parental rights in the name of sexualized political ideology, and silence people of faith focus on the family board member dr al Mahler recently noted this bill would represent the greatest threat to religious liberty in decades this would be the single greatest threat now uh, folks i'm telling you what uh biden when on his first day in office or first few days in office he he signs uh some legislation of course he uh You know what he is saying uh, can can be taken into effect, but it doesn't really have teeth. Some legislation pertaining to the same thing in the Equality Act, and it's already created a mess in in uh, school systems all across our country in just the past few minute months that he's been in office.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know uh, this bathroom debate uh, you mentioned that's part of this. You know where uh, uh, men can enter into ladies' bathrooms and. And locker rooms, et cetera, that's been around for some some time. But that's always been kind of at a state level, and and kind of been here or there. We're talking about uh, a bill that's going to be at the national level. It become the law of the land, right? You know, and it wouldn't be just isolated pockets of this state or that state. This would be the the law all the way across the land, and. You know, one of the things that, that's concerning there, um, you know, for us as a Christian organization, uh, you being a pastor of a church is is in that um, in that act. Uh, there there is uh, rules about you know saying that if we go to hire someone to work at our church, that we couldn't uh, you know make a statement that you need to have a Christian uh, statement of faith. Uh, to come work at our church, and you, meaning that you 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 could ha- easily have someone who was a homosexual or someone who uh, lives an alternate lifestyle to try and apply for a position. Not that I think that they would, but that opens the door for that. Um, and then you also have the issue. I think you talked about in your your sermon, Dad. As um, and you mentioned just just now about the, the Christian adoption agencies. You know, these adoption agencies are no longer going to be able to say that we offer Christian adoptions into Christian homes. Uh, they're not going to be allowed to do that if this passes. They're going to have to offer adoptions to uh, everyone. Um, the other thing um, that that happens is, uh, I think you talked about in your sermon about the the dorm rooms at Christian colleges, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, they're no longer able to to have those uh, segregated between you know male and female and not have uh, the the cross genders um, occurring. Uh, they're going to be forced into to having that uh, happen as part of this this law if it goes through and is signed.
1: Right. Uh, talking about that, the College of the Ozarks in Missouri is already being faced with a HUD forcing the college to open female dorm rooms and bathroom facilities to biological males or vice versa. And this contradicts the college's stance that sex is inherent. And they filed a lawsuit with the help of Alliance Defends Freedom. Uh, I thank God for Alliance Defends Freedom standing in there helping the College of Ozarks and others. But what we're seeing happen with the College of the Ozarks—that is the tip of the iceberg as to what's coming. And and you know why? Why? Uh, Those that want to live an alternative lifestyle, there are other colleges other than Christian colleges by the thousands that they can attend and go to. And uh, why are people trying to to pass their beliefs and and push their beliefs on on other people? That is just creating a stir, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly is. Certainly is. So, Dad, we've looked at uh, rewriting history. We looked at the critical race theory. We've looked at gender and sexuality and how that's part of this wokeism. And then uh, as we kind of begin to to wrap up a little bit, um, I want to make sure that we cover the fact of uh, wokeism, you know, the main goal uh, in this is uh, to silence your opposition, uh, silence all of the opposition. And so, you know, for, for us, we we were taking a risk here, Dad, by talking about some of these things because... Uh, at wokeism, uh, the solution to this would be to cancel you and I, right? And and that's where we get the term cancel culture from. And so, uh, for us, we run the risk of being deplatformed and not able to get our our message out uh, on the various applications and things that we we go to. But that uh, cancel culture is is really pervasive. And it's we've seen it happen already with some notable figures. Um, of course, the last presidential administration, many of the folks that were associated with them have been part of this cancel culture. They've been canceled. And um, uh, most recently, Dad, you, we were talking before we started the podcast, The uh, there was a commanding officer of Space Force. Uh, he was recently uh, canceled. And uh, and it was because he took a stand against the critical race theory, I believe. Is that correct?
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. He took a stand against that uh, Lieutenant Colonel Michael uh, Lomier. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. And he, he put out a book pertaining to the things that he saw in the Space Force and, and what was happening in the military. And in an interview, uh, he said, I began noticing some time ago Not just in the past few months, you know, when he was relieved from his duties and put out of the Space Force. But over the past several years, an increasing uh, relevance of what I saw was Marxist ideology parading around by other names. And, of course, uh, he got uh, videos that were sent to him. He said there were videos being sent out to every base, meaning Air Force Base, member And we were asked to watch in preparation for our extremism down days and discussions on race in which we were taught that the country was evil, that it was founded in 1619 and not 1776, and that whites are inherently evil. And so he said, I speak up against those things in my book. And so they knew about his book, but when his book came out you know, uh, that's when they they put him out of the Air Force. Listen, he has freedom of speech in America Mm. and he needs to be reinstated and they need to bump him up a rank because he was standing for what is right. And uh, I'll tell you what will just light your fire. And uh, that is the U.S. Air Force back in August, they had a, a drag show and they called it, it was supposed to be essential to the morale cohesion and readiness of the armed forces now And the Jules and the Brunchettes performed to a small crowd at a Los Angeles Air Force base on August the 8th. The Diversity Day celebration also featured a speech by Brigadier General Tammy Smith and included booths representing and honoring a number of ethnic heritages, which would be okay, but also LGBT booth as well. And Smith became the first openly gay general after the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And that performance by the drag queen sparked outrage among some airmen. Uh, they saw it as totally uh, offensive and inappropriate. What about their rights? Yeah. You know, uh, maybe uh, those in drag in the Air Force, they could be offended. But what about the, the rights of others? The Probably the majority that are offended. People don't care about their rights. And one man spoke up that was an airman, and uh, he was talking about how unequal it is uh, justice-wise. He said, we cannot even have a Bible on our desk. And he said, this base is is not to be a platform for political agendas. It is a military installation. The diversity day display was totally inappropriate and offensive. And folks, i tell you what, uh, we're p- taxpaying citizens and, and we will let that be known. We will let that be known. Mm-hmm. Uh, our military does not need to be focusing on uh, you know, the climate. Yep. We don't need to be focusing on uh, the critical race theory. We need to be staying at the height of readiness to defend our country and defend our freedom.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And so a great example of, of council culture being played out right there. And and one of the things I want to make sure that we get in uh, here, Dad, is that I believe council culture is coming closer to home And, uh, you know, I think before long, it's not going to be too long that we see council culture hit our pulpits right? Um, because, you know, if our our pulpits are speaking out about the the things that are against the will of God and against uh, his principles that, um, again, wokeism, the goal is to silence all opposition and our our Christian pulpits are going to be in opposition if they're doing what they're supposed to and they're preaching the word. And so um, I see uh, cancel coming there, and I also see cancel coming for this book in my hand. Now our audience can't see the book I have in my hand, but the book I'm holding is is the Bible, and I really believe, uh, Dad, that it's it's probably going to be within our lifetime, and it may not be within too much longer that there's going to be an attempt to cancel the Bible. Uh, and what I mean by cancel the Bible is I could see it easily uh, being that Amazon no longer sells Bibles on their website.
1: That's exactly right. Um, the number one. A, a book to be ever sold the that's bible right. that's mm-hmm.
0: right and i've already began to see uh kind of um s- some some uh, noise being made that jesus is was racist right and so i can see that this book um this 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 bible god's word is going to be they're going to come after it and they're going to try to cancel it um and so as as we're talking about these things Dad, you know the question that keeps coming up in my mind and i'm sure it's coming up into our listeners is why you know why is all this happening why is this Uh, that's going on now. And, uh, you know, as I said, I think America is woke but spiritually broke, so a lot of this is coming out of spiritual brokenness. Um, But a lot of this is is also— I believe uh, planned uh, and and constructed. Uh, we've talked about you mentioned in the the article that you were just reading there, Dad, about Marxism, and uh, a lot of what we're talking about here is is, is Marxist principles, um, principles of communism um, that are coming uh, into play. And and you say, well, why would that come into play? Well, there are people again. I said there are forces at play that want to see America brought down uh, to her knees and destroyed. And, um, so I believe that's a, a lot of it is, is that. And I'll take it a step further, and I really think that, you know, uh, the Bible says that this this world is is ruled by the Prince of darkness. And I just think this is another effort that, that the devil is using to try and and get his way and, and to control uh, the world um, is it, through the, this evil uh, that we're seeing come out with things like the 1619 Project, critical race theory. And, of course, just the, the, the just the violence that we see with the LGBT plus and the, the gender stuff that's going on.
1: That's right. You see, one day. There's going to be an Antichrist that is going to be the the leader of the world. This all told about in the book of Revelation. Yep. And this is leading up to the time that Jesus will return. And for uh, the peoples of the world, the countries of the world, to all come under his umbrella and up under his leadership – Uh, Then countries like America, that's self-sufficient, that for years hadn't cared what the other countries necessarily thought. We were self-sufficient country ourselves. We've got to be broken. We've got to be broken. And uh, socialism is being pushed upon us. It is uh, absolute truth. You can look it up on the Internet all day long. Uh, The three ladies that founded Black Lives Matters, they're trained uh, Marxists. They'll tell you they are. And you say, uh, why are they leading this this race revolt. Well, they, some of them got their training from, uh, Ven- Venezuela. Hugo Chavez was a socialist that led the revolution in Venezuela and turned the country into a socialist country. At the time of the revolution, Venezuela was the fourth richest country in the world. He couldn't get the working class to rise up in revolution, so he played the race card and he turned the country into a racially polarized society people that followed him rioted in the streets and overturned statues after winning an election chavez began confiscating the land and property of venezuelans and his government confiscated guns mr biden even talking about rifles here now confiscated guns using the campaign to disarm the violence he then unleashed armed militias against dissidents who blamed the government for shortages, and these thugs were Venezuela's answer to Antifa. The socialists took over the bank, set wages and prices for food and basic goods, and restricted entrepreneurs from making a profit. You know, this same tactic was used by Mao Zedong in China in the late 60s and the 70s, and the Cultural Revolution there, except uh, his people, instead of being called Antifa, were the Red Guards, and they did the same thing. Hitler did the same thing with the brown church. Folks, we need to wake up. We talk about the country being woke. Well, uh, some in the country might be awoke, but we in the church are asleep. We need to wake up.
0: That's exactly right. Exactly right, Dad. So you you, you hit it. uh, on the head there, you know, talking about the that this has played out before, and and uh, particularly what you're saying, Dad, about the fact of uh, if Revelation is going to, if the things of Revelation are going to occur, uh, and we know it will because the Bible is true, um, that uh, America can't be the world power that it is. And so, right. you know, at some point, America is going to have to to come down, not necessarily dissolve altogether, but have to be less of a power that it is so that the Antichrist can rise to power. And so, you know, I, I believe this could be part of that that working plan, as we talked about when we went through and, and talked about the end time study that we did, uh, the coming king uh, series that we did of how peace are being put in place, and this very well could be uh, part of that. Um, and so uh, that that's part of the why. It's a complicated why, and, and you know, I, I still kind of scratch my head, and I try to think. I just uh, it's hard to, to wrap your mind around of what's happening and how quickly it's happening. It how seems like, like the last six months or so, it's just been gasoline's been poured on a, on a fire, and it's moving at an alarming pace. Well, um, you know, I said that when we started the podcast ad that we were going to cover some of these current issues, but then I wanted to make sure that we presented a biblical worldview and mm-hmm. and I really want to talk about how the church should respond mm-hmm. um, under the these these things that are happening mm-hmm. and and I think it's important for us to know um. That uh, we, uh, the New Testament Church, uh, is is kind of the last thing that stands between, um, you know, the, this world and just all out craziness and evilness. You know, we're we're here to to make an impact, right. and uh, and I, I feel that maybe some of what we're seeing here played out today is just because we haven't done a good enough job doing what we've been called to do to, mm-hmm. to be salt and light to this world, and so. Uh, that that's one thing that I wanted to make sure we put out here. But in terms of our response, I think our our first response uh, should be that of of love. Is we need to respond in love. We know that God is love, and and that uh, He wants us to love everyone. Uh, he said the greatest command is to love our, our neighbor and to love God, and so uh, we need to be loving our neighbor. And, and again. Uh, Jesus was challenged on that and he said, Well, tell me who my neighbor is. And he says, It's everybody. It's even the people that don't look like you. That's right. Right? Uh, it, it's even the people that have a different color skin than you do uh, that we need to be loving people. So, Christians and, and the church, we need to respond with love. Um, I also put here, Dad, and this is just some, I don't have these in any certain order. It's just my thoughts on paper, is that there is no room for racism in the heart of a born again believer.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: none whatsoever. You can't call yourself a child of God and still ascribe to some type Type of racist ideology, um, we are called to love everyone and to love everyone equally. And uh, so, as 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 Christians, we need to be loving and need to be loving everyone. With that being said, we do need to be champions of justice. All right, and mm-hmm. and this is all about uh, injustices, and we should be champions of justice because we serve a just God. But that doesn't mean that we jump on the bandwagon of some of this uh, radical ideology. uh, We should be uh, for good laws. We should be for good leadership and a healthy government. We should be for uh, equal treatment for everybody and equal treatment under the law. These are things that we should be for. We should be champions of justice because, again, we serve a just God. And, Dad, the the last thing that— The kind of come to mind is uh, Second Chronicles uh, verses seven through fourteen, or sorry, uh, chapter seven, verse fourteen, where it reads. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that this um, verse is really uh, given to the the, the uh, children of Israel and uh, the Israel nation, uh, but I believe this promise is still the same for, for us today. Um, and that uh, as as the church, we need to come together, we need to humble ourselves, and we need to pray. We need to do a whole lot more praying than what we've been doing in the past. We need mm-hmm. to find our prayer closets, and we need to storm the gates of heaven uh, and just flood the gates of heaven with our sincere uh, request for God to to bring healing to our land. And uh, it says here that we need to turn from our wicked ways. He's not talking about all the other people. He's talking about the the Christians here, the, the, right. the, you know, the church, that we need to turn from our wicked ways. Right. And so we need to, to really uh, get in a place where we're uh, cleaning ourselves out and that we're getting right with God and we're praying. And, and part of this prayer, I think, is we need to be begging God for one more chance uh, to see a mass move of God and see revival in our country. Uh, that we may see lives uh, that are changed and touched, and and it may not fix all of our problems, but we need to see one more move of God before He returns.
1: That's right. You know, uh, Matt, you can tell just by uh, the increased tone that it it's been upsetting. Uh, what has happened in the country? How organizations are trying to pit white against black. Yeah, you know. Uh, Our church is open to people of any color, you know, and I've seen that change happen in my lifetime amongst churches and uh, churches are becoming a mixture, more like a society. And that's the way God intended for things to be. We're to love everyone. Uh, But one thing we've got to also remember, we've got to even love those people that have different ideas about us in regard to sexuality. Uh, God loves them, too. and. You know, I definitely don't believe that uh, uh, homosexuals need to be penalized in the workplace. They have a right to work just like anyone else. Sometimes they're some of the best employees that an organization has. And God loves all people. And, you know, it seems like sometimes that uh, in, in what's been taking place with LGBTQ Pride Month that Uh, We in the church, we emphasize the scriptures pertaining to uh, uh, sexuality and what's right and what's wrong. And it's almost like we focus on that. But let me tell you something, cohabitation, living together as if you're a married couple when you're not married is equally as wrong as homosexuality, transvestism. Listen, I'm telling you, it's equally, in my opinion, as wrong. It is all under the umbrella of immorality. And so, about what I read just the other day, about seventy percent. Now, I hope this is wrong, and it's probably more true in certain areas of the country than uh, others. I would hope that it's not that bad in South Carolina. But seventy percent of of couples live together before they get married. They're living in sin, and they're living wrong. But let me tell you something: uh, God uh, wants to save all of those and forgive them of their sins regardless of what sexual sin they've committed or regardless of what sin they've committed. I want you to hear what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. He's writing to a church. Now, we think that our society is a pornographic society today. Our society might not even be as bad as the society of Corinth. Mm -hmm. Corinth was a wicked place. And uh, people came out of, the, of darkness and delight when they came to Jesus. They turned from their sins, and they come to know the freedom and the peace that God gives and the, got the promise of heaven. And they got a new heart and a new way of looking at things. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor revilers nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of god verse 11 he said and such were some of you but you were washed but you were sanctified but you were justified in the name of the lord jesus and by the spirit of god hmm. the grace of god goes out to everybody uh Regardless of the sins that they've committed, it goes out to everyone, and and we want we want you to know that if you're struggling in the issue with the issue of homosexuality or any other kind of uh, 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 problem like that in your life, the grace of God is for you, and God wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants you to become His child. Uh, you know deep in your heart that God didn't create you that way. Just look at your body parts. He did not create you that way, mm-hmm. and uh, and what happens? Sometimes we live in a pornographic society. Young people get to to looking at pornography on the internet. It warps their their mind, their perception of themselves and who they are. There's a such thing called labeling. Students are are mean to other students. Uh, the the kid that is not superior on the athletic field sometimes is ridiculed and mocked and of course lgbtq that q stands for queer they're called that name by fellow students you hear someone say that and call you that enough and then you become you start to believe well maybe this is true god help those that do that kind of thing that put labels on other people and hurt them and make fun of them the church we as christians we're not for that i just want you to know we're not for that uh we love people like god loves people god loves all people and uh, jesus was not a racist and uh he was not a bigot he loved every he died for all races and all people Amen. and uh his his blood shed on the cross is sufficient to cover all man's sins if you'll just Accept Jesus as your Savior and turn from your sin and trust him. If you're struggling with the issue of homosexuality or transvestism or your uh, sexual uh, identity, uh, you're struggling even with containing yourself with uh, the opposite sex. Listen, you go to God and ask him for help. You know, the Holy Spirit convicts. And and you are feeling the conviction of God in your heart about that. Uh, uh, don't put it off. Don't shrug it. God's trying to talk to your heart, just like He would all sinners, and He wants you to come to know Him and experience His peace and forgiveness. And we want you to too. That's that's exactly right. Um, that that was a, a great a great uh, passage there that
0: you read, and and uh, you know I think it just goes to show that. Um, it, it Paul says, you know, and such were some of you, meaning that we've all sinned, right? The Bible says right. we've all sinned and fall short of glory of God, and and uh, God doesn't really have a scale for sin, you know, right. and and uh, a sin of homosexuality or is is no bigger of a sin than anything else, right? Um, and so, and God's grace can cover that, so. Um, you know, as as a church, we need to respond with love. We need to respond to love uh, to people who don't look like us. Uh, we need to have no room for racism in our heart. And we need to reach out to these individuals who are struggling with their identity in terms of sexuality and orientation and, and really try to, to love them and to bring them into a realization of who they are. Their true identity is in Christ. That's where they're going to find it. That's where and they're going to get it. who God really created them that's, to be. That's exactly right. Who that's he really exactly created right. them to be. That's yeah. exactly right. Dad, you know, I mentioned that uh, I feel like the, a lot of this is kind of at the, the foot of the church, meaning that uh, we've got some responsibility here. And again, I won't, I won't say that uh, the church is to blame for everything that we're seeing now, because we, as we've talked about, Dad, a lot of this is probably the providential working of God leading toward um, end times uh, that are coming. But I, I do believe that Jesus says very clearly, Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, that we are to be salt and we are to be light. And so when we're looking in our world and we say, man, this world is dark, man, this world is decaying, I want you to remember Jesus' words, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 here. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Remember these words. These are red letters. These are Jesus speaking here in Matthew chapter five. We are called to be light and we are called to be salt uh, to a dark and a dying world. And when we look around and we see that it's dark and dying, that means we need to get busy. We need to be salt. We need to be light. And uh, we need to get on our, our knees and get in our prayer closets and and genuinely pray for our country. And, uh, you know, it may be that you're, you're, the person that you voted for is not in office. It may be you don't like the initial that's behind their name, whether it's an R or a D. Uh, but the folks who are in power and who are leading, they need prayer. And we should be praying for them, regardless, again, of their affiliation or, or their ideology versus ours. We need to lift all of our leaders up to prayer. Um, and to God and, and ask for Him to guide and to lead them, and maybe even change the heart on some things um, if they're going in a direction that we see is, is not the way that they should be going. And so, I would encourage you as you get ready to celebrate your Fourth of July. It's you know it's always a fun day to, to get out and maybe get hit the pool and fire up the grill and and do different things. But I would encourage you to, particularly this year, uh, to carve out some time on your Fourth of July to, to to find a quiet place and to get on your knees and to pray for your country and do what they said here, and uh, do what the Bible says in Second Chronicles. Humble ourselves, pray, uh, turn from our wicked ways, and uh, and pray that, that God will give us an opportunity to heal our land and to see another move of God before uh, He returns.
1: You know, you mentioned about how uh, we're to be salt. Salt saves, preserves, but it also creates thirst. Yep. And what we as Christian people are to do is to sow uh, live our lives is to let others see the change that Jesus can make in a person, the peace that comes from knowing him, and uh, and and so doing create thirst in those that mm-hmm. don't know God, that they might be thirsty for him.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Well, we hope that you uh, will have a a very happy 4th of July. We hope you've enjoyed uh, this episode, obviously a little bit different from us than what we're normally doing. Um, But we hope that we presented it in a clear and fair manner and uh, that you you understand that uh, we we come across passionately because we do care about this country and love the country. And uh, we don't want to see harm come to the country, and we definitely don't want to see people in mass led astray. And so, uh, we, we just want to let you know that we love you, and that we love this country, uh, Dad. As you go to pray for us and pray us out of here, uh, pray for our country, pray for our leaders, and uh, you know, pray for for our land to be healed.
1: Got gotcha. you, our heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. Uh, we thank you for that you give us this opportunity uh, to to express. Uh, your views from the scripture uh, to our podcast audience today father in heaven we pray for our land Uh, we are in a land that's divided racially uh in our opinion it wasn't this way several years ago it's gotten that way god bring us back together help us lord to kneel together at the foot of the cross all colors and races and then our heavenly father Even though we must take a a stand against what you say is sin, help us to do it with love and compassion for the sinner. For Jesus died for the sinner. And Father, help us, Lord, to be salt, to be light in this dark world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.